everyone. My name is Bev and you're listening to Entrepreneurs Generations Apart on Radio Karam, a show with a focus on interviewing business owners from different generations and industries driven from a simple question. What drives people to build businesses and thrive in doing work that they love? Today on episode 9, we interview Edie May, who is founder of Tax After Hours, a Zoom-based business advisor and tax agent. Welcome Edie, how are you? Hi Bev, thank you for thinking of including me in your podcast series. Um, I'm really good. Awesome. So can you uh, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, what inspired you to become a entrepreneur? I studied the profession of accounting and I took a job in industry but commenced private practice at the same time with a small number of clients. I didn't really think of it as becoming an entrepreneur. I had a nine-to-five day job with the exception of end of quarter and at year end, then we did unpaid overtime as we were on salary. My side business actually grew over time as I acquired more private patients. I still didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur. Okay. So uh, can you tell us um, how you came up with the idea for Tax After Hours? That was really, really easy. Um, Because I worked full time, I couldn't liaise with clients between nine and five, so I tailored their expectations with the name to suit my availability. So what were some of the struggles you faced when starting the business? I think the biggest one was inexperience because when you do a degree, it teaches you a lot of theory, but the hands-on was not included in the course. In hindsight, I'm a big fan of the sandwich year where you work in an accounting practice for a year before you actually finish your degree. Okay, so what are some tax essentials for those running small businesses? Have a budget for years one, three, five and ten. They they actually probably won't have any relationship to what you really actually do, but it makes you think of hidden expenses and pitfalls you might not um, have anticipated. Um, The next thing you've got to do is get a good software package that's got bank feeds to minimise your time in administration, but to get a good handle on your expenses. And manage your money, make every dollar have a purpose, put away some money every every time you, you get a um, money coming in or weekly, whichever works best for you, and put aside money for materials, taxes, your wage and profit. Never work for free. If there's not enough money coming in, you can't spend more on expenses than what you get. So what does a, uh, a typical workday look for you? My typical work day is a little bit different than most people's. I work for myself, so I don't set any hours. I'm a carer for an elderly relative, so I work around medical and other commitments. Uh, I actually have activities in some not-for-profit organisations as well, so my timing for work works around those commitments. I, I start my day with checking my emails, seeing who's signed their returns ready for lodgement, seeing who's requesting work to be done and writing letters of engagement, and uh, most phone and Zoom conversations are scheduled after business hours, both for their convenience and mine. I can often start my day at 5pm and finish after 10, or I can just schedule all my work for weekends, depending on what I need to do that week. So um, how has COVID-19 affected your day-to-day working life? COVID-19 had a huge impact on my working life. Before COVID-19, I was in a thriving partnership. And then the work from home requirement removed me from the hub of activity. 
My much younger business partner decided I was replaceable. And when I ran the numbers, I found it was far more profitable for me to split the business and sever our professional lives. It was a huge upheaval, but the new way of working with Zoom and phone appointments made my rural life possible while caring for my Melbourne-based clients in a way that was inconceivable before the lockdowns happened. It worked very well around my carer duties and reduced travel costs and fuel costs to zero. I actually felt much safer during lockdowns in my little country town as there were very few residents, but I was still in touch with all of my clients. Okay. Um, so what do you like most about your own business? I like the flexibility, the profitability, the loyalty and the intimacy with my clients. We've got unlimited access using social media and they know that they need to talk to me before making important and expensive decisions. Uh, and that I don't run my, my um, meter all the time. I basically answer any questions without charge. Uh, it can prevent them to make big, expensive mistakes that can't be rectified, so they all um, know now. Bring me first. Actually, just message me. Okay. Uh, so what advice would you give to those considering creating their own business? My advice is to work in something that you're passionate about and set your prices according to the value you provide. Your hardest task is going to be conveying your value. Once you do that, no one will ever question your price. Never attract custom based on price. There's always someone that will do it cheaper. Keep really good records with an accounting package and bank feeds. Never evade your tax obligations as it will put you under the microscope. Try and get some, become a niche specialist so that you can be the best and biggest in your field. Get publicity from local media to show what it is that you do and how it adds value for your clients. The worst thing to do is to start a business doing something you hate. There will be no joy and no motivation. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, so are there any books that have helped you over the years as a business owner or even in life? There have. I've always been an avid reader and I've loved Neville Shute as I was growing up. His books were technical in their description but simple in language. He has dated somewhat since technology changed the way everything works. Many self-improvement books have come to mind though. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Who Moved My Cheese were fundamental. Mm -hmm. uh, so who is a person that you admire and why? I grew up in a tiny community and when I later returned to it as an adult, a lady in my town who was a family friend and role model for me, Patricia Henry, she was a woman with vision who could put a hand to anything. She farmed, she sewed clothing, she created gardens with a you know, big vision, she travelled and she nurtured my passion for rocks and my environment. She showed me that passion for what you do gives the vision and drive to perform totally unexpected results, way above what uh, other people can see. Her willingness to step in and help me in a crisis was without limit and I wish she was here today to share the creative journey I'm, I'm on with the Dajun card and the sculpture park. So can you tell me what makes you passionate? I'm from a family of artists so I like to um, combine my normal work with uh, a number of other roles. I do um, junk art and at the moment I'm quite passionate about steampunk uh, I've actually done a few different roles in the community at the moment. I'm the president of the Bendigo Gem Club and in that role I create jewellery cutting stones and I'm very passionate about the fact that there's a local stone around where I live called Jasper 
So I'm, I'm making a lot of things out of Jasper at the moment. Uh, I'm the vice president of the Corrupt Community Action Group and we're running a junk art exhibition, which we've run twice before, but COVID got in the way. So we've, we've had a, a big gap between our last exhibition and this one. So uh, because it's blind judging, I can actually submit my art to that as well. Uh, and the third thing I'm doing is I'm president of the Corrupt Sculpture Park, which will open in October and that will be emphasising the local stone in a series of um, waterfalls and ponds and we will also be focusing on brolgas which the town gets its name from. So Corop is the cry of the brolga and so hopefully before the next 12 months is up we will have a very large sculpture of a brolga on the sculpture park site. Cool. So what um, made you involved with a, a sculpture park? That's such a big um, transition from, from tax. Like what, what gets you excited about that? I've always played with art in different ways. My daughter is a painter, but she's also done ceramics and leather work and many other things because she'd done a degree in fine art. Mm-hmm. My father always did oil paints. My brother does oil paints. And my other brother has just recently passed away, but he, as a person with a disability, spent a lot of time um, actually refining his ability in the direction of Archibald uh, entries. So I'm not really as good as they were with my painting on canvas. And I got a lot of satisfaction out of turning junk into something more useful or more aesthetically pleasing. So that's where I have focused my bent and, of course, on rocks. Yeah. I make I make jewellery and I also um, cut the stones for them. That's really cool. Yeah, can you um, explain what steampunk means? Well, it's a theme or a genre of art and it involves a lot of mechanical things like cogs and keys and um, pipe work making a uh, ordinary item looking very sort of mechanical and old aged is is i don't think you'd get very much steampunk stuff that's not aged it's usually in one one color like um a copper color or it's uh based in black with a gold tinge for aging patina uh but it's got endless possibilities and i think that's why i like it Cool. That's really awesome. I, I really love um, being creative and it sounds like you're doing an amazing thing within well, your there's community. There's one other thing that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about and that is using red gum mm-hmm. and combining it with opal chips in tables and other decorative sort of things that are useful mm-hmm. because I love the flash of colour mm-hmm. that comes in um, the colourful opal chips mm-hmm. and I love it in the fact that it can be incorporated in a useful everyday item. If our audience would like to get in touch with you, how can they find out more about yourself and Tax After Hours? Uh, the the best way to find out about myself is to look at my page Edie May on Facebook, E-D-I-E, and uh, the other page I run is Tax After Hours uh, and you can always reach me on my phone number, which is 0414-318-969. The fastest way will be to send me a direct message on Facebook and I will answer that the quickest. 
Okay, cool. So thank you so much, Edie, for being part of the show today. It's been wonderful talking to you. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Entrepreneurs Generations Apart. If you are an entrepreneur and would like to take part in future episodes, email Bev at celebratelivinghistory at gmail.com or connection at radiocurrum.org. Thank you.